Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, September 28, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a lot of stuff on the docket today, so we're going to go in order of operation. In order of operation means what's the first thing that jumps off the page on the daily chart at us? Well, for me right now, it's the convergence of the 20 and the 50 period moving average. They're not necessarily converged, but we have price trading right up into the 50 period moving average today, and then the 20 period moving average above price sloping down. That set of conditions, the 20 period moving average sloping down, trading up into the 50 period moving average, is in fact an area of would-be overhead resistance. But that's not it. That's not necessarily the only thing that jumps off the page at the daily chart. Let's back up the truck into late last week. So the market was making a low, could have traded a little bit further down, could have traded a little bit into the abyss. But we have a couple of things going on, and I think one of them is extremely and vitally important. So I want to go over it in detail tonight. So let's go back to last week, and the market was trading down into that 320, 319 area. Never did get down into that gap at 318.92. The low last week happened to be just underneath 320. The market turned around and is now pointed in the other direction. There was, in fact, a quote-unquote rescue operation. Whether it was a real rescue operation or not, what we do know is that the market traded down into a former breakout area. We talked about it a number of times. Now the proof is in the pudding. Here it is again. It happens over and over and over again. They did it again. Now the market's trading higher, just two or three days removed. But here's the other thing that really jumps off the page at me. Go back to the gap that was not filled at 318.92. This wasn't the first time it wasn't been filled. So therefore, the market is really telling me now that this price is probably more important than meets the eye. So whether or not it's a few pennies on either side of that doesn't matter. We're going to use the gap as the bogey. The question that we have to ask ourselves, why is the market defended right above that gap? Why can't they reach the gap? Sometimes when the market is not able to reach a certain price, whether it be on the upside or the downside, that's very telling in and of itself. Sometimes when it can't reach a price in the northern direction, that's maybe a sign of weakness. It can't get there. The opposite is true on the downside. If it can't get to a price underneath, if it can't get to a price down south, and it keeps turning around and trading back up north, in the other direction, something is holding it from getting to that price. Something, somebody, some conspiracy theory, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. Something is holding the market from getting to that spot. Why is that? Maybe that spot represents a set of floodgates. Maybe the market just got caught by the 100 period moving average sloping underneath price. That's certainly possible. But it came too close to that gap, once again, 318.92, for me not to take notice. There's something else that warrants a discussion, something else we've discussed a number of times. So the market was going to trade up to a certain place. 
So it traded up to this top in the beginning of September. Then it was either going to trade down and correct for a while and then make another attempt, whether it's at new highs, surpassing the old highs, or short of the highs, doesn't really matter. The point was is the market was going to trade back up once again. A, that may be going on now. We have pretty good evidence that we had a pretty good bottom the other day, at least for a while. We'll get back to that in a second. The other schematic was a potential make a high scenario. We've already done that. And then we just go down and we don't look back. That's not what's happening at the current time. So we'll take that one off the table. It's no longer needed until something else develops or unless something else develops. What about resistance? What if the market keeps going up into Tuesday, into Wednesday, whatever it is? Where is the next set of overhead resistance? Where can the market A, be drawn to like a magnet because it's a destination, and B, once reached, where is it likely to have a reaction in the other direction? Well, on one hand, there's a nearby breakdown candle high, which the market almost got to today. It happens to be at 335.49. You'll see 335.50 when we get over to inside the numbers. The high today was 334.96, so we didn't quite get there. The market's still hanging around, not too far from the highs. So therefore, for example, when you look at the hourly chart, what did they really do all day? They had a gap up in the morning, and they went sideways all day. What is that doing? It's eating time off the clock. Why? More often than not, the reason they eat time off the clock is to make another move or a continuation move higher. If that's the case, is it likely that they're going to stop about 50 cents higher in the SPY than the highs today? It's possible they stop just a tad higher than the highs today, but is it probable? When you look at the daily chart, is it probable they have a distant or different destination in mind than just this breakdown candle high, which comes in at 335.49? For me, from where I sit, it's probable they have another destination in mind. So think in terms of moving averages once again. Think in terms of the 20-period moving average. Can that act magnetic, number one? Yes. Can they spike it through, number two? Yes. Is there a gap up above, number three? Yes. The gap comes in at 338.92. It's right here. So figure 338.90. 339 somewhere in that neighborhood maybe even a touch higher is not out of the realm of possibility now we have to talk about awareness stuff for a moment awareness the market was up a lot today they left a gap from friday's close tomorrow tuesday is turnaround tuesday can they have a fake out operation can they have a shakeout operation can they look like they're going to go down and fill the gap Can they go down and fill the gap? Can they then turn around and continue back up? And the answer is yes. What would that really be? Let me draw it out for us. We've seen this many, many times, but now we have off the bottom a move higher. That could be an A of an ABC pattern. We could have a pullback of B and then another move higher in C, completing above the high of the A leg. Now, it doesn't have to be this way. We could actually have something like this going on where we have a continuation of A up to the gap. 
then we have a B pullback, and then we have another C leg. Now, we don't know if either of these scenarios is going to take place. Again, we're doing the what-ifs, we're doing the awarenesses, because when the market does begin to move, whichever direction it moves, you show up Tuesday, it's moving up, you show up Tuesday, it's moving down, you have a reference point. You have a point of reference for what the market may be doing in the bigger picture. Now that you have that reference point, you narrow it down and you look at the intraday stuff for our nearer term support and resistance areas from patterns to intraday breakdown or breakup candles. And you look for evidence that coincides with A, the way the market works, which is taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and B, what's in the bigger picture and maybe at the time under development. Let's take a sidestep for a moment into Inside the Numbers. You show up early Monday morning. What do you have? Happy Monday. It's a wake-up, really green kind of day. A couple of things happen when the market's gapping up. A, it takes away a lot of the volatility. It takes away a lot of the potential stocks on the move opportunities because they have a tendency to follow suit with the market. Stocks tend to float up. If there's no volatility, it takes the trading opportunities away for the most part. That's just the way the market works. Early in the morning, we're already and also referencing what we just discussed, which is, is this one of the potential schematics underway? Let's see what else we got when we go to the early thoughts. There's a couple of juicy things that I want to point out inside the numbers, and then what I'm going to do is scroll up and let you pause the video and read at your leisure, but I want to emphasize something. If, in fact, you're trading in the markets during the trading day, then you have to ask yourself if it pays to have a tour guide and a beat on where the early support and or resistance areas might be on any given day. So here we go. How about the spot, and I'm just cutting to the chase, how about the spot around ES3346 and SPY3350? It's an early destination and should be some overhead resistance. Y'all know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity, five minute chart, check it out. The horizontal line at the top of the screen is in fact the same number we just discussed, 334.50, and as you can see, right around 10.30 a.m., the high was 334.59. Apples? How do you like them apples? Where did they pull back to? Ultimately making a low of 332.78, that is what we call... Nice trade. Keep in mind, this was on the board before the market opened, moving right along. As an awareness, we have to look at both sides of the tape, so in case they have an early shakeout operation down south, we know the number down south, that we're willing to play ball. 3320 was the ES number. Just for shits and grins, here's the ES chart, and by the way, the low of day happened to be at 10 a.m. in the morning, 332175 they didn't get to 3320 pretty darn close though good to know your numbers and we're moving right along here we go again at 937 if they should run up to around 33450 or so sooner than later it will most likely be met with overhead resistance you know sellers and here we go moving along now we know the resistance part and we know what happened after the fact and as we move up in the morning, you see what happened when the market got up to that spot. Showtime for the bears to take a stand and stop price from rising. 
50, a.k.a. also known as overhead resistance. Obviously, the market turned around, so traders who took a short near the highs, make sure you take some profits along the way, yada, yada, yada. You can read this stuff on your own, but here's what's important. Could they get down to 333 to 332.75? Yes. At the time, we don't know that they will, but yes, they can. Now, what else does this say? There will be support around 332.75, give or take. Back to the routine, same chart. Let's just put it in perspective. Again, right of the vertical is today's activity. Here's where the market made a high at 10.30 in the morning. Then it comes down and it makes a low of 332.78 against what was in the notes, 332.75. 333 to 332.75 was the zone. And after the high, the morning high, that was in fact the low of day. More apples, how do you like them apples? And being that it was a rather quiet day, when you have two just like that, it's kind of a know when to fold them kind of day, you see what's going on in the market. They're just going sideways. So we throw up an hourly chart and you see they're just going sideways The gap up was essentially a flagpole. They're running sideways, eating time off the clock. That's the flag pattern. It may or may not have a continuation move today. We've already talked about this, so I want to put everybody kind of on notice that it may be just an eat time off the clock for the rest of the day. You don't have to have a trade all day. If you get a couple of good ones in the morning, even if you didn't catch both of them, if you caught one of them, that's okay. There's another trade right around the corner tomorrow so here it goes into the end of the day nothing really happened for the rest of the day the market was in a chop shop formation for the majority of the day stocks on the move we talked about it earlier there really were no opportunities i had one on the board it didn't even come close it was clack but there was just no dice what about camp iwm couple of things jump off the daily chart a where was the low last week 142.09 What was that against? 141.83. They missed the gap here too. I don't think there are any accidents or coincidences. I think if the IWM and the SPY are down at the corresponding gaps, I don't think they stopped there. I said that before. I think that's a more important area than meets the eye. But what is it that essentially jumps off the page with the IWM daily chart? Well, you have a breakdown candle here. And the high happens to be 149.43. Closing price today was above 150. So you closed above the high of the breakdown candle. So therefore, A, the breakdown candle is off the table. But the same energy that would have normally been released if they put in a bearish, wedgish kind of pattern, the same energy that would have been released down south could then be released in the northern direction Where does that give us? It gives us a spike up in through the moving averages up to the gap. And the gap right here comes in at 153.29. So we'll say between 153 and 154 is a target on a continuation move in the IWM. If they don't have a continuation move, for example, and they pull back on Tuesday or they eat time off the clock for three or four days, then everything changes. This is what's happening looking at the charts today based on the makeup of the charts 
today. And as we know, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. And guess what? It was outpacing the S&P 500 today on a percentage basis. The IWM was up almost two and a half percent. The S&P 500 was up less than two percent. They're both up a lot, but we take notice when the IWM is leading in either direction. Nothing new in the RSP. It was actually up about on par with the S&P 500. You can see here, looks like they're going to do the same thing. Trade up into the convergence of these moving averages, which are a little more squeezed together than the SPY was. The gap's right above. They'll go fill the gap, maybe trade slightly higher. Could get up to about 111.50 before having the need for a pullback. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, above the moving averages, guess what? The trend is your friend until it's not. Nothing wrong with this market, period, full stop. Remember what happened when we looked at the weekly chart? We said they can come down a lot and still be in an uptrend. However, things happen below certain numbers that could certainly put the moving averages at risk. But if they never come down, what are they doing? They're just going back and forth, eating time off the clock, doing what? Building energy for another move higher. If the transports are moving higher, what's likely happening around the horn? Other things are likely moving higher. Basically, it's all the same market. It's very unlikely you're going to have the transports moving higher and everything else falling through a trap door. It's not going to happen that way. The transports are always a gauge for how people feel about the economy. If money managers and anybody else for that matter are willing to buy transportation stocks, airlines, railways, shipping stocks, meaning ocean shipping stocks, shipping goods across the world shipping goods across the country if that's going on and the transports are catching a rally if money flow is going into the transports follow the money the market is unlikely to collapse if the transports are moving higher that concept is not a day-to-day -day concept that concept is a bigger picture concept like a weekly chart concept intra week the market can go down a lot and up a lot but if at the end of the week, we find that they're simply eating time off the clock. They haven't gone higher yet, but they're not falling apart. You have to take heed. You have to understand what's going on. There's a bid underneath the transports. And likewise, today, there was a bid underneath the queues. Right up through the 50-period moving average and into the 20-period moving average, growth is leading the way. Growth in the IWM led the way. Growth in the Qs and the tech sector is leading the way. What do we have right above current price? Isn't this essentially a breakdown area? Yes. Doesn't mean they can't get through it, but to run a test is one thing. They should find overhead resistance when they get there. If they find overhead resistance and hang out for a while, eat some time off the clock and go sideways, that's the market telling us they're going to push higher. If they get immediately rejected, that would be the market telling a different story at that former breakdown area. We don't know exactly what's going to happen when they get to the breakdown area, but having the awareness of where the area is and watching the market for evidence when they do get there is three quarters of the battle. What about the XLF? Remember the XLF. How many times did I pound the table at $23 a share? The low was $22.94, current price $24.05.
We're not going to get rich trading the XLF. It was simply a number that jumped off the page at me. I was willing to put capital at work at that number. And I know there were a lot of traders that did the same. Kudos to you for stepping up to the plate on the XLF. They already got to an area that would be under normal garden variety conditions overhead resistance. Right here where the high is 24.17. This was the breakdown area. This is where they opened up. This is where they have to bust through to do the repair operation and fill the gap back up north. That gap happens to be at 24.68. They can do it. It's just unlikely that they were going to ever do it in one shot. So normally, the way the market normally works, and this is what did happen, they'll run up to a certain spot, which is a destination. It's overhead resistance. Now they have to prove themselves. It's, as I like to say, showtime. It was showtime at 23. It's showtime again, back up about 24. And if they can get through here, they'll get to the gap at 24.68 and change. And guess what? That gap up here is what? You got it. It's a breakdown area. The market went sideways and then it did what? Broke down. What's it going to do? It's going to go back to test a what? Yeah, a former breakdown area. Blah, 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 blah. They do the same thing over and over and over again. Not pinpoint every single time, but if you use the 80-20 rule as just a general theme, then they do this stuff a lot. About Smash Mouth, already at a breakdown area. Guess what? Is this telling you that the market is going to stall out here or it's strong? Well, guess what? Here's the way I read it. Hashtag reading the tape. The SMH got a back above its moving averages. It's ahead of the other markets. It does attract growth capital. It's a pretty good proxy for the tech space. So I'm not saying they're going to get over this in one shot. This high here is important. 174.74. Call it 175. They start closing above on a daily basis, 175, first hourly above 175, and they're going to want to climb the breakdown candle. That's just the way the market works. Therefore, what are we doing? We're watching 175. Should be resistance, but also if the bulls are in charge, they'll eventually get it through. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so we'll pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.